What comes to mind when you hear the word metaverse? Maybe you think of a digital space where we can live a digital life. Or maybe you think of the company Facebook, who have now rebranded themselves as Meta and are working towards building a metaverse. Maybe you think of sci-fi movies like The Matrix. Or maybe you don't know exactly what to think. Maybe you've heard of the metaverse, but aren't exactly sure what it is and what it's all about. If you're in this latter category of people, you're not alone. In fact, I was one of these people myself. I kept hearing about the metaverse on podcasts, social media, TV, and in conversations with friends, but I wasn't exactly sure what it was they were discussing. I knew that it seemed to be important and there was a lot of hype surrounding it, but I didn't know why. My name's Andrew and in today's Chatterbox episode, we'll get to the bottom of what the metaverse is and learn all about it together. Later on in the episode, I'll be joined by my co-host Anna and we'll talk all about our thoughts, opinions and feelings about the metaverse. If you're new to our Chatterbox series or are not sure what it's about, let me explain. Chatterbox is the QLoop series for intermediate and advanced level English learners where we talk about compelling topics, trending current events or hot issues. Chatterbox is designed to improve your English listening and speaking and to help you reach your English goals. There's a transcript and a study guide for this episode on our website, qloops.com. For all Qloops members, please visit the website to learn about how you can become a member and join the Qloops community. We've gone from desktop to web to phones, from text to photos to video, but this isn't the end of the line. The next platform and medium will be even more immersive an embodied internet where you're in the experience, not just looking at it. And we call this the metaverse. And you're going to be able to do almost anything you can imagine. Get together with friends and family, work, learn, play, shop, create, as well as entirely new categories that don't really fit how we think about computers or phones today. Do you recognize that voice? That was Mark Zuckerberg, the founder of Facebook and someone who's actively working towards moving our digital lives toward the metaverse. In that clip, he hints at what the metaverse is. He called it an embodied internet. An embodied internet where you're in the experience, not just an embodied internet where you're in the experience, not just I thought that was a really interesting choice of words. If we look up the word embody in the dictionary, we can see that it's a verb that means to give a body to a spirit. And I think this is kind of what the metaverse is all about. It's about combining the digital and the physical to create a new space for humans to occupy. So then we can think of the metaverse as a virtual space based on social communication. Inside this new reality, you have a kind of avatar or a digital character that represents you. And through your avatar, you can interact with other avatars and digital objects. Gaming, shopping, socializing, even watching concerts from your favorite musical groups. These are all potentially possible inside the metaverse. You're fully immersed in the other world and you perceive the new world as the real one. 
If you've seen the movie Free Guy, starring Ryan Reynolds, or have seen Steven Spielberg's Ready Player One, you probably understand what I mean. These movies give us a glimpse into what living inside the internet might be like. You may be wondering where the term metaverse comes from. Well, it's attributed to the writer Neil Stevenson. In his fiction novel, Snow Crash, which was written in 1992, he mentioned the term, the metaverse, for the first time. And Stevenson described the metaverse as a three-dimensional space in virtual reality. The main character of his book is a pizza delivery boy who hangs out in a virtual reality world. In fact, this book became the basis for the movie Ready Player One. Popular computer games like Second Life, Fortnite, and Roblox also take place inside of a digital world. So to a large extent, we can thank game manufacturers for bringing the idea of virtual reality from fiction to fact. Nowadays, we're able to dive into the metaverse using special equipment like virtual reality headsets or virtual reality glasses. And by the way, a lot of times we shorten virtual reality to just VR. So VR headsets or VR glasses, and we wear these on our head. A VR headset looks like a helmet. It's got a pair of goggles attached to it. And in order to move through the metaverse, you can use a controller which you hold in your hands. VR equipment is becoming more and more popular with companies like Valve, Sony, and even Meta themselves making headsets that can be bought for around 500 American dollars. Ever since the start of the COVID pandemic, many of us have moved our lives online more than ever. Companies have allowed their employees to work remotely or from home, Children have started taking lessons and studying online. People are shopping online more than ever and using social media and video chatting to communicate with friends and family is becoming second nature. All these things lead us to the metaverse, which promises to combine and deliver all these technologies in one united digital world. But what would life look like in the metaverse? Well, right now, we don't exactly know. As I mentioned before, you have an avatar and you can create and design your avatar according to your personal tastes and preferences. So for example, if you're a fan of the Kardashian family, you could create your avatar to look like Kim or Kendall. Or if you'd rather be a panda bear, well then that's fine too. And just like in the physical world, Location, location, location is important for the digital world as well. So you might want to buy a property, a kind of virtual house or apartment, or you might work in the metaverse and earn virtual money. You could use your earnings to buy digital items or fashion accessories for your avatar. And companies like Nike and Gucci are already working on that. Nike, for example, is selling digital shoes, which can be used in virtual games or on platforms such as Meta or Horizon. Or you could try on a new pair of sneakers on your virtual avatar, and then if you like them, order them in the real world. Think about it. If you get compliments on them in the metaverse, well, then maybe you will in real life too. Another area the metaverse promises to revolutionize is digital meetings or online meetings with your coworkers. 
Your avatars can gather in a virtual meeting room and sit around a virtual conference table to discuss any issues you'd like. The same goes for students at school. Your avatar could study in a virtual classroom, listening to a teacher avatar. Now, the metaverse promises many things, but we can't be sure how it will influence our daily life and to what extent it's going to reach. On one hand, it might significantly improve our quality of life and allow us to have fulfilling lives in this virtual reality world. But on the other hand, experts are concerned about the negative effects a digital lifestyle could cause. Addiction, a distorted perception of reality, and mental health problems are things we should all be concerned about. And if we can create an absolutely perfect world in VR, will anyone want to live in the real world anymore? And what about the physical effects our bodies will experience if we wear goggles and look at screens and are stationary all the time? Of course, this is already a problem, and many people already experience this just from using their smartphones. So we can easily imagine that living in the metaverse could make this problem even worse. At the end of the day, the metaverse makes many claims about what our high-tech future might look like. But one gigantic question remains, and that is, will anyone actually want to spend any time in the metaverse? To share my own opinion with you, some things sound intriguing and fun. For example, I like the idea to be able to see some of my favorite bands play concerts in a digital world, but I think I'd like to see them perform in real life more. And some of what the metaverse promises, like spending more time online in meetings with coworkers, sounds more dystopian than utopian. So I guess, in my opinion, I can't believe in the metaverse or buy in until I see it in action. For me, seeing will be believing, I suppose. I'm going to bring Anna into our conversation now so we can have a chat about the metaverse and share our thoughts about it together. Anna, hello there. How's it going? Hello, Andrew, and hello, listeners. I'm curious, Anna, what's your understanding of the metaverse? Before this episode, had you heard about it before? Well, honestly, the first time that I heard about the metaverse was when Facebook decided to change, well, previously called Facebook, decided to change their name and shift their their company and then rename their company. And that was honestly the first time I'd ever even heard about this idea of the metaverse. So at first, honestly, I just thought it was a name change. I didn't realize that actually it was indicating something much bigger than that, which was this whole new virtual reality, I, I guess is what I understood. And probably to be honest, I'm not really, and you listeners will know from hearing me speak on different episodes is, is that I'm not really an early adopter of different types of technology. Like I'm kind of, I take a little bit of a backseat approach. I'm a little bit old school. You know, I don't have a lot of social media. I'm kind of on the fringes, let's say. So for me, I guess the way that I picture it or my understanding of it is what I've seen in films and movies, this idea that we kind of live in this everything's virtual and you wear the big glasses and you're kind of in a room by yourself and there's nobody there. Like that's kind of what I envisage it being like. Was that, is that kind of the same for you? Like, I don't really have much concept of it either than that. 
Yeah, I don't think I'm an early adopter of this kind of thing either. I mean, VR technology and honestly, these kinds of metaverses have existed for a long time. There are online games, there are online communities that are essentially what the metaverse is. Like, I'm not sure if you've heard of the computer game Second Life before, but that's a game that has existed for a long time. Like, I think it came out in the early 2000s, maybe 2003 or 2004. And it was a game where essentially people just hung out in online spaces. You could create an avatar and sort of walk around in a virtual world and interact with other users and communicate with them. But yeah, I haven't really tried it at all myself. So you know, if it's been around for around 20 years now <laughs> and I haven't tried it, I would say that I'm a very late adopter <laughs> of this technology. I've never worn a pair of virtual reality glasses. I've never had like a virtual reality experience. Have you ever tried the glasses at all? I have tried a VR headset. I'm not sure why. I can't remember the reason why, but it was like some some kind of bonus. Like I bought something and this pair of VR goggles came with whatever I bought. Like I bought, I can't, I think it was like a computer monitor or something that I bought. And this was attached as a, a bonus with the, the monitor. And so it was a very cheap pair of VR goggles and it was built so that you could insert your smartphone into it. So you could put your smartphone in the front. And I don't know if you've ever noticed, Anna, but if you go to YouTube and probably some other websites as well, you can actually select an option on some videos to view it in 3D or to view it in VR mode. So uh, I was really excited when I got these goggles. I was like, oh, this could be so cool. Like I'll use them to watch Netflix or use them to watch YouTube. And it will be this amazing big screen TV experience. Like at the time I was living in a really small apartment, I didn't have a TV. So I thought, oh, maybe this will be the solution to my problems. I can just pop my <laughs> smartphone into these goggles and watch you know, YouTube and Netflix that way. But then I tried them out and yeah, it was terrible. They're super uncomfortable to wear on your face. They were heavy. The 3D wasn't really 3D. You know, it was kind of blurry and out of focus. That was really the only experience that I've had using kind of goggles for a 3D immersive experience. But I think it wasn't really maybe the best way to be introduced to this technology. Sure. I'm sure there's got to be way better systems out there, but I just haven't tried them before. Actually, I realized that I just lied before because I have tried virtual reality. I mean, I'm so behind because I say glasses, you said headset. I mean, I'm just like <laughs> so out of the loop with this type of thing. But I did try a pair of uh, goggles, virtual reality goggles on a roller coaster. Mm, okay. And it was horrendous. <laughs> I've never felt more uncomfortable, more nauseous in my entire life. It was awful. <laughs> So you go on the roller coaster, you put on the glasses, and as you're going on the roller coaster, it looks like you're flying through this city. And it was the most disorientating thing. I had to kind of rip them off halfway through because I was like, I'm going to be sick if I keep using these. Oh, no. <laughs> but you have this big headset kind of stuck on your face, like you were saying. I mean, it feels like you've got a, a helmet on or something. And it, 
oh, it was awful. So maybe I've just been traumatized by that event and now I've kind of blocked it out. So I th- I'm like, I've never used virtual reality <laughs> glasses. I'm just traumatized by that experience that I had on this roller coaster. But I agree with you. I think the quality maybe of these types of experiences, I mean, I'm sure there are other uh, glasses or headsets that are really amazing, but there also are some that are probably not not as great. You mentioned as well, Andrew, that, you know, it's been around for a long time and I don't really participate in these kind of online groups either. But can you think of like any other spaces or any other types of events that you think maybe in the future could be held in, in a virtual space? Yeah, well, here in Korea, where I live, there is a lot of investment, a lot of work going into developing these metaverse spaces. And during the corona pandemic, when universities across the country were shut down, I think these days, most universities, most workplaces are open again. But during the height of the corona pandemic here in Korea, all these places were shut down and people were studying and working at home. And there was one university in the country that actually hosted their graduation ceremony in Minecraft. Now, Minecraft is a, an online game. I know it's really popular. I'm not a gamer, so I haven't played it. But I did see some video footage of this, and it was really funny to see all of the students have their little avatars with their names above themselves, and they were sitting in a virtual auditorium that was collaboratively mm. built by the students because my understanding of wow. Minecraft is that it's a building game. You can build structures in the game. So like they built their own auditorium and then they all had their own avatars and they all joined into the auditorium at the same time and they had their graduation ceremony. You know, they would call a student's name and the student would go up to the front I think even the school administration participated in it. So like the university president was there and yeah, I, I mean, it looked like a real graduation ceremony. So I could see a lot of potential in the future for different events. In preparation for this episode, Anna, I actually logged in to uh, a metaverse service online. Now, mm-hmm. of course, I don't have the VR goggles so it wasn't really like an immersive 3D experience. And maybe that's part of it. Maybe it's something that you really need to enter into with 3D, with VR and with AR, augmented reality as well, to feel like it's a real virtual world that you're in. So for me, when I tried this service in preparation for this episode, it still felt like a video game that I was playing. Mm. But what I actually did was visit an art gallery So I went to this art gallery. This artist had created all of these uh, digital paintings. And I was walking through the gallery looking at the different paintings that he had created. And I thought that was kind of cool. Like for a moment there, it was almost like I suspended my belief system enough that I felt like I was in a gallery just for a moment. Mm. And then some other character ran across and started jumping all around in front of the paintings <laughs> and that was like okay this is annoying <laughs> and then i logged out but for a moment there i thought wow this could be really cool like you know maybe in the future once the technology develops to the next step because i still feel like it's not really quite there yet but i can see where it's going and in the future you know maybe you could do 
virtual tours of the famous galleries and museums across the world. And、mm. you could experience what it's like to visit them without having to、mm. travel to different countries. So I could see you know, some value in something like that. Sure. I mean, there's going to be loads of things that is going to open a lot of opportunities, like you said, go places without having to travel. Because from my perspective, I think in the future, maybe we're going to have to travel less, actually. So I don't, you know, I imagine that, you know, being able to see monuments or being able to go to somewhere that's on the other side of the world, that might not be possible. Maybe you can't afford it. Maybe you don't have the time to go there, whatever. So, I mean, obviously, it's going to open doors for many great things, but. I mean, it's just like everything, it's got a great side. And I think I'm always going to be hesitant about spending too much time with these types of things because it's like I've already got problems in reality.、Right. Do you know what I mean? It's <laughs> like I don't want to add another reality on top of that. And I'm also worried that I would become too comfortable with it、mm. um, and, you know, spend a lot of time there. I don't know. I mean, even though now I don't do any of that stuff, I just, I'm, I'm still very, very hesitant. I'm still very skeptical about all of this stuff. And I don't think it's going to be something that I start doing anytime soon. But I mean, even things like there's lots of opportunities in medicine and, and that type of thing. And, you know, in the future, maybe there's going to be medical appointments that you can just put on your glasses. You can go to the doctors and they can, you know, speak with you and interact with you. So, I mean, There's so many things that, so many good things that it's going to bring. I'm still super skeptical and I'm still very, very hesitant. And I can't even imagine a world where we only communicate as like avatars.、Mm. Like, I don't even know what my avatar would look like. Like, I'm stressing <laughs> out thinking about what, how would my avatar look? You know, like, would I have that weird face, like a video game face or, I don't know. I'd be stressing about, about my avatar. Oh, I was going to ask you about that if you had any idea about <laughs> what kind of avatar you would create. And I think I am similar to you. I have no idea really. But I do know that a lot of businesses are getting really excited about potential sales in the metaverse. Oh, yeah. I can imagine. People want to deck out and customize their avatars. So even fashion companies are developing you know, limited edition. Handbags and jackets for avatars, and they're selling for you know high amounts of money in the metaverse. And even real estate, virtual real estate, there's a kind of virtual real estate boom going on as different companies and different people want to own parts of the virtual world where many people congregate. Yeah. And then it's the double up, isn't it? It's like, well, I've got to get clothes for my avatar. I've got to get clothes for my real self. It's like, oh, for goodness sake, like, <laughs> when does it end, you know? Or I've got to get a haircut from my avatar, or I've got to get my avatar a nice little flat in the city center or whatever. It never ends. I, I have no idea what my avatar would look like. Probably very short,、um, because I'm obviously very short. So I'd have to create a short avatar. Or maybe I could do the opposite and I could kind of create the, because I don't know how much freedom you have to create your avatar. I mean, I, I'm assuming. I mean, you can do whatever you want. So I could, you know, pretend to be some very tall blonde person, which obviously I am not. It's not limited by, you know, just humanoid shapes either, right? You could be、oh. like a giant killer whale or something walking around, you know, like, wow. It's, yeah, whatever you want. <laughs> okay, all right. That opens it up a little bit too much, I think. I don't know. That's too much choice.、Uh, yeah, it could be kind of like a small penguin or something、right, like this. Right, right.、Um, 
I was just thinking though as well, like it would be, I think another positive thing to come out of it, because I don't want to be too negative because I do end up being a bit of a negative norma sometimes. Um, I think one of the positive things about learning as well, um, now we have online meetings in Zoom where, you know, we have or other platforms as well. There's loads of different platforms. But it'd be great to have a virtual meeting with clients, with students, but be actually physically like in a space rather than just through a screen, which is pretty two dimensional. So, I mean, obviously it's going to bring a lot of changes to the classroom, the way that people learn, learning English or learning anything at all. I mean, virtual classrooms being there together, I think will add a completely different dimension onto that. So that could be, that could be really cool. I just, I can't picture it. I guess we never really can picture what this is going to really be like until we're in it. And we're like, oh my goodness, how did we get here? I think it's probably just going to feel like that. We're just going to end up there and we're not really going to know how we got there. And it's hard to think what the world is like now, 10 years ago even, or even 15 years ago. So I can't even imagine what it's going to be like in 10 years. I I really, I can't imagine. But positive things, double-edged sword, as we said before, this is a lovely term to talk about this because it is just one of those topics. Good things, bad things, probably is somewhere in the middle but do you think the metaverse andrew will change our lives for for better or worse where do you think it is on that spectrum of making our lives better or or making our lives worse i'm skeptical i'm skeptical about metaverse technology i mean i still you know we we tried our best to explain what the metaverse is but i'm still really kind of unsure about it maybe it's because i haven't tested it exactly but everything that i read about it every youtube video that i see about it every experience that i've had with it points me into the direction like that it's something that i don't really want to interact with at all (laughs) you know except for i saw i i shared about that graduation ceremony that was online that was kind of cute and cool but you know i'm worried that we're going to be pushed into these digital spaces that employers are going to require us to attend business meetings online. And, mm-hmm. you know, I read a scary story in preparation for this episode saying that there are different uh, VR headset companies that are developing these VR headsets, but they also track your eye movements at the same time. And so that data could be sold to advertisers to see how you have an interaction with their ads in a virtual space. All of these online service providers already have so much information about us already, right? The big social media companies. Then they have even more data about our emotional reactions and our biological reactions. So I'm always skeptical you know, I, I don't see it being a yeah. good thing in the future, but maybe that's just me being a boomer. Maybe I don't get it and maybe it's going to be great <laughs> and change the world. I certainly hope so, but I remain skeptical <laughs> at this point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think there's no doubt that it's going to it's gonna change the world. I think it just comes down to each individual person and you have to reflect and ask yourself, how much of my life do I want to be kind of virtual, I guess. How much of my life do I want to live in a virtual space rather than in a 
real space. I guess that's just a question that everybody has to ask themselves and to strike a balance between what you feel comfortable with. I'm definitely on the same page as you. Uh, we're obviously both, you know, we're like, oh, we're very skeptical <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. Um, but I'm sure there's lots of listeners as well that are really excited about it. And that's the thing. Everybody can decide whether they want to, you know, jump headfirst into metaverse and go for it or or not. So I think that's what it comes down to. It's your personal, personal decision. But we shall see what happens. We shall see. And I, I want to make clear that I'm still for advancing technology. Just because I'm skeptical doesn't mean that I don't think people should be investing and developing this technology. But uh, as of yet, I don't know if I want to use it too much. But who knows? You know, if somebody makes a great metaverse and I try it once and it's amazing, then I will completely flip my tune and go for it. Yeah, maybe in five years, I'll be like a metaverse celebrity or something like that with like 50 avatars and, you know, like spending all my time in the metaverse. Who knows? Who knows? We never know. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll have a Culips community online. You know, we could be doing this show live and everybody could be joining us. <laughs> Who knows? We'll see. Anyways, everyone, I think this will bring us to the end of this episode. So thank you so much for listening and congratulations on getting in your daily dose of English listening practice. If you enjoy Qlips, we would love it if you could support us. There are several ways that you can do that. The best way is to sign up and become a Qlips member on our website, qlips.com. When you're a member, you'll get unlimited access to all of our learning materials, plus some great bonuses. So just visit qlips.com to sign up, but that's not the only way that you could support us. You could also follow us on social media or tell your friends who are learning English to check Qlips out, or you could leave us a five-star rating and a positive review on your favorite podcast platform. We'll be back soon with another brand new episode and we'll talk to you then. Goodbye. Bye everyone.